Hello, and welcome to episode 43 of North Point Plus. 43. 43. What's significant about that? I've been 43. <laughs> that, that is significant. I was 43. Hey, this is our follow-up podcast for the Messages on Sunday mornings. Podcast gives us opportunity to answer some questions. We believe, Strah, we love Sunday mornings. We love the, the, the preaching task and concept. We think it's a good thing, but one challenge of it is that it is a monologue. We don't dig that a ton, so we find that uh, this can be a helpful component of having some dialogue. We think it was designed to have dialogue. So this is a way to do that. And so uh, uh, this is that opportunity uh, when, we, when we preach yeah. on Sunday mornings, opportunity to uh, text in some questions and we tackle every question that you ask, whether we want to or not. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we want to. We, we actually, these are great questions today, so yeah. we're excited about it. Uh, if you're watching this, uh, we would appreciate it if you'd like it, leave a comment, uh, share it, do all those fun things on social media that you do that helps us spread that. We think there's value in this, and yeah. so um, you're our greatest help in getting that out into the hands of other people. I've been upgraded to one of your hosts, which I find amazing. I'm looking at a sheet here. I'm just Chris, but I'm now one of the hosts, which is cool uh and to my left is mark the adkins mark the adkins who is sporting the batman today that's what i do yeah that's represent i really want to if i don't know if danielle my daughter she she watches this often and so i just want to say my marvel universe is amazing yeah and i'm glad batman is part of it and i say that because that (laughs) will drive her nuts i've said that now she will lose her mind at that immortal words of batman live long and prosper <laughs> so, so anyway, okay, we're done. We're done nerding out. All right, hey, jumping back into Colossians, uh, you're preaching. At, we're still in chapter one. Uh, we yeah, moved we in a little bit into two. We made it through the end. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> uh, I think we just hit the. Anyways, that's good stuff. So um, uh, maybe I don't know, thirty seconds to a minute recap, kind of yeah. what you talked about yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we we wrapped up chapter one, moved into the beginning of chapter two, um, and Paul kind of walks through. He continues to just kind of leave these hints of this false teaching without actually saying this is what the false teaching is, which is fun. It's fun for us to speculate and guess. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. that's always fun. Um, but yeah, kind of walks through uh, the end of Colossians one, wrapping up the section on the supremacy of Jesus and what that means for us, and then ultimately leading into. Uh, especially in chapter two, we get more into the dangers of the false teaching. Um, and so Paul is kind of building up this defense of, okay, as the church in Colossae and, the, and then for us as the church, how do you avoid this false teaching? Yeah. You, do you make it your one focus to just bash false teaching or do you more focus on unity in the church? And in this section, Paul says it's really the unity of the church that is what keeps you safe yeah. from false teaching. So that's, yeah. that's the main takeaway is Good. You don't you don't follow Jesus on your own. You have to do it in the church. Yeah, yeah, I like that. As one of the things you said, I appreciated somewhere through the talk, um, just that idea of it. I mean, it is the church. It's it's the community. It's not yeah. an option. Like right. this is what we got. Yep. And God can minister you to you and speak to you in many different ways. And yep. we're very thankful that He does that. Yep. And at the same time, He says, "I want you to be in the church. Yep. This is my primary focus for you yep. as a follower of Jesus." Is do this together. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Of all the things that Jesus left us, or <laughs> yeah, of all the things, the few things Jesus yeah. left us, the church is a primary thing. Yes. So yeah, no, yeah. I appreciated that. Yep. Well, we got four and a half questions. <laughs> uh, half question is because I'm going to add a question on here. So, uh, but we'll we'll jump in and depending well, we on had, time. Yeah. There's there's four, and then there's like the submitted question <laughs> above. That's <laughs> where Chris just does what he wants to do. <laughs> someone let him in this chair, and uh, exactly. and we got to think. Exactly. Of all right. Here's the first question, um, and I don't have names on these, so I'm assuming they are all anonymous. All anonymous. Or I'm just going to uh, assign a name. Yeah, you can we'll see what happens. Pick whatever you want. Here's the question: How do we keep from unintentionally distancing ourselves from Jesus? And they said it's from two weeks ago. Doug's message about. 
assuming on God's presence in your life. And I love the fact that you get to speak for Doug. So whatever you say becomes Doug's answer. Yes, Doug Rutledge, definitive. if you're watching this, uh, you know, sorry. <laughs> good luck to you, brother. <laughs> yeah. So this question came in, um, and, and to recap Doug's message. So Doug talked about this concept of how we just make assumptions on things and we just assume that whatever we do, God's with us a hundred percent. And that's true. And there's scriptural validity to God not putting his blessing on everything that you do. Yeah. And so that's part of what Doug was talking about is, hey, there's times where you step out of and you move away from God's presence. Even mm-hmm. though he's with you, he's not abandoning you. Um, that doesn't mean that God is just going to be 100% on board with everything that you're doing. Um, so this question comes from, okay, how do you keep from unintentionally distancing yourself from Jesus? I think the key word in that question is unintentional, <laughs> which if we're thinking of our walk with Jesus as a relationship, that necessitates intentionality. Hmm. Um, and so there's like, how, how do we unintentionally distance ourselves from Jesus? It's losing intentionality. It's, yeah. you know, I'm not spending time with Jesus. I'm losing my time with him in his word, in prayer, in time dedicated with the church. Like we were just talking about the importance of the church. Um, and so that, that for me is the key word is, am I, in t- it's the same that I evaluate my relationship with my wife. Mm-hmm. Am I intentional with my wife every day? It's very easy to go through the motions of sure. the same routine, wake up every day, good yeah. morning, how did you sleep, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I certainly fall into that, so I'm not trying to guilt people. And be like, <laughs> you, I fall into that trap all the time yeah. of losing intentionality. Um, but that's on me. That's not on my relationship with my wife or my relationship with Jesus, ultimately, because yeah. obviously he's intentional. So that, what does it look like to be intentional with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Be in the church. Yeah. Be in life group, be in, be in the, the word, word, be in prayer, spend time. Like that's that's how you build your relationship with Jesus. Yeah, if if, if we were old timers, we talk about cultivating spiritual disciplines, mm. but we don't want to talk about. Mm. To, well, I guess we do want to talk about that. So <laughs> that really is what it is. It's cultivating spiritual disciplines. Yeah. It's like any other thing in life, right? I mean, if yeah, uh, whatever the activity is, if you're going to yeah. be good at this thing, or yep. if you're going to uh, lose weight, or you know whatever, make yourself whatever. Yep. Disciplines. Yeah. How you do it, so. Yeah, and it comes down to the the phrase that I often default back to is you make time for what you value. Yeah. So it's it's everyone's got 24 hours in a day and everyone will always say I'm too busy to do this, I'm too busy to do this. And the reality is we're too busy to do many things because we intentionally make ourselves busy with the things that we value, yep. with the things that we enjoy. And yep. so, you know, I don't have time to read God's word because Stranger Things season or part two <laughs> season, just came season out. Season 17 I, is on. I, I have to finish that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you're putting a value onto that. Sure. And if that takes away from your relationship with Jesus, then that you're, you're demonstrating your values. Yeah. And so that's, again, I'm not trying to point the finger and be like, well, I have my priorities perfectly straightened out. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's worth the honest conversation of, okay, can I look at my life and honestly say, okay, this is a thing that I need to put less value toward yeah. because of my relationship with Jesus, my wife, yeah. my daughter, yeah. my church, and all yeah. of that. Yeah. Which what, what's important to you? That's what you put energy and time are. Isn't there a Bible verse about that? Like where your treasure is? I don't know. There your heart will be also. <laughs> Matthew, I think Jesus said it in that Matthew. sounds like a mistranslation. You know, it could be. It's <laughs> Matthew. I think it's six, but whatever. So, All right, good stuff. Hey, here's the second question. Uh, <laughs> please drill down on the acceptance. I like that phrase, drill down, by yeah, the way. I just want to pause there for a second. I got so many thoughts in my head on just on that <laughs> phrase of drill down please drill down on the acceptance of a woman preacher from the 1800s and the rejection of a woman preacher or elder in the church today 
So obviously they're referencing the the, the, the gal yeah. that you spoke Mary about. Mary Slessor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So we talked about uh, at the beginning of the message, Mary Slessor talking about uh, her life as a missionary. Um, so she was back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. She was a missionary in Nigeria. Um, and so talking about the acceptance of a woman preacher from the 1800s and the rejection of the uh, woman preacher in the church today. Um, some of it is worth clarifying the history and some of it is worth talking about what's in this question. So let's talk about Mary first, because yep. that's what we were talking about. So Mary Slessor was a missionary, and it's worth defining terms, yeah. because we like to... Words are important. Make sh- <laughs> A lot of times we think that words are interchangeable when they're not. Right. And so missionary can mean many different things. And so for I, I, I looked this back up because I wanted to make sure what I'm saying is accurate to the history and from the best i can tell from my from what wikipedia told me <laughs> and the other sources um, this is accurate so mary slesser worked through the united presbyterian church they commissioned her to go to nigeria as a teacher mm-hmm. so she educated in the area and she was a missionary to mm-hmm. share the gospel mm-hmm. which back then and today i think the church would largely say yes it's a role that. role for everyone yes yeah absolutely you should do that yeah man um, woman child whatever Yes. So it's also worth recognizing that the Presbyterian Church did not ordain women until the mid-1900s. So she was not in a an official ordained position within the church as mm-hmm. elder, pastor, pastor, whatever whatever that role was. But would as be. missionary. But as a missionary, fine. officially commissioned through the church, yeah. absolutely do that. And she obviously, th- there's many f- fruits that came from that the Lord, labor. The Lord blessed that. Yeah, yeah. which is great. Yeah. So we would say... I, th- I think the question talks about in the church today, so I'm taking that as the capital C church, but I think it's also applicable in our church because we're part of the capital C church. Yeah. Um, so would we affirm uh, Mary Slessor to go be Absolutely. a missionary in Nigeria? 100%. Yeah, our language would probably be commission. That's kind of the word we've chosen to use right. here. We commission men, women all the time. Right. Teens. Yep, for the for this function of gospel preaching ministry. the gospel. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it's I don't think there I don't think the capital C church or North Point church would put a uh, a distinction on it and say, "Hey, you can share the gospel, but you can't preach the gospel." Mm-hmm. Like, what's mm-hmm. the, what's the difference? Right. <laughs> Again, we're we're debating over words. Right. Um, you're sharing who Jesus is, what he's doing in your life, what he can do for others. Yes, go do that. Do that in Nigeria. Do that in Lansing. Do it yeah. in DeWitt. Do yeah. it in Grand Rapids. Do it yeah. wherever. That's great. Um, and then, is it also worth the discussion of? Is there a distinction? Because we talked about this in our series. Gosh, what was that series? God's Design, I think, was in November of last year. We talked yep. about mm-hmm. maleness and femaleness and how God, in his design for things, seems to have a design mm-hmm. for maleness and femaleness. And there was one message within that where we talked about, okay, in the church, it seems like mm-hmm. there's something that God sets aside, not for all men, mm-hmm. but for men who are called and qualified yeah. into that specific position. Um, and we would stand by that. If God says that, yeah. we want to affirm that. Yeah, and we would call that elder. Right. Or sometimes yep. in our language, pastor. Yeah, like, sometimes in the church it's it a little bloody <laughs> interchangeable. Yeah. But yes, for us, that's what the elder role mm-hmm. is. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing is, is clarifying the language that's used here. Cause, and some of it is, is maybe my fault on how I'm saying it on stage that she's preaching the gospel and people will hear that and think, well, she's a pastor. I think they hear maybe the word preaching and they think yeah. preacher, preacher, pastor, pastor, elder, and like you said, all the same. Right. But but they're different roles right. to some respect. And, and we nowhere in scripture that I'm aware of does it say missionaries have to be only men, only women, only adults, only children. Right. Whereas an elder, 
Right. It seems fairly clear, and we can dialogue over this, but it seems right. fairly clear in Scripture in, mul- in multiple places right. that it's, a, like you said, a yep. role resi- uh, uh, reserved for yep. uh, adult men. Right. Like you said, called and right. qualified. And yep. Anyways. Good. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, there's probably more discussion that can happen there. That's probably another podcast. Oh, that's that's <laughs> happening. North Point that. plus plus question mark. That's a new. <laughs> yeah, it is a good question because it's it's yeah. worth clarifying. I can I can understand going down that avenue. Yeah. So it's worth clarifying. I, I guess I, I I'm I'm picking throwing in. I, I I'm sure that there's some. Um, I don't know how to say this the right way. <laughs> bizarre church somewhere. Sure. That probably says. Only men can do anything. Only men can open doors. I grew Only up in that. Men. I grew okay. up in that church. So I want to say, uh, we would. I don't know how to. The Orthodox Church, the church that is a normal and yeah. driving the right direction, a biblically based church, not a, right. a pastor driven or a cultic church or some other right. kind of thing. So I would agree with you wholeheartedly, with some kind of caveat on if whoever asked this question has an experience or is coming from, right. it would be probably worth unpacking. Yeah. Well, what place? told you that or says that or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's, <laughs> so I grew up in that type of church yeah. where, um, so for example, we would have prayer meetings every Wednesday, uh, gather together at the church as a family. And if the wife had a prayer request, the wife would lean over to her husband, whisper it, and then the husband would vocalize and verbalize that prayer request mm-hmm. because we have scriptural understanding that says women must be silent in church, yep. and that's how we apply that. Bad so, textual... Uh, in, yes, in bad way to yep. exegete the text, understand yep. the context, understand what's going I on. I said that so flippantly, by the way, but there's really intelligent people that do believe <laughs> differently on that and have... Right, so, yes. Yeah. There's, so there's spirited debate on that still. Yeah. So understanding that that's the context I'm come from, that's why yeah. I'm drawn to stories like Mary Celester, where it's yeah. like, gosh, there are these amazing women of yeah. God yeah. who... Especially at the time, in the 1850s, yeah. Mary Slesser was like, nah, I'm going to go off, single yeah. woman by myself yeah. to Nigeria. Very, very counterculture, very um, different. And, and again, in researching for this question, the area that she was in, in Calabar, was known as the white man's graveyard. Mm. Like, that's where missionaries went to die, mm. because they didn't respect life. Again, they would kill twins, because they thought it was a bad omen. Yeah. So imagine being a white man yeah. that comes into that area, and they're like, you're different, we're going to kill you. Now imagine being a white woman. You're really different. <laughs> you're yeah. very different. Yeah. So huh, to have the boldness to go into that area, I think is great. It's really cool. So yes, at North Point, you can you can verbalize your own prayer request. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we and, will allow it. <laughs> and if you have a passion to preach the word in Nigeria, yeah, yeah, share the gospel. Yeah. Share what you think Jesus God's calling you that. We want to commission you to that. Yeah, yeah. love that. Not that you don't even need us to, but we would love to. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, we'd love to be. We'd love to support that. Yeah, right? that good stuff. Well, maybe this is a segue. Uh, and, and we'll just pretend it's a good segue because it talks about suffering, and I think of missionaries <laughs> in places like Africa that probably do suffer much more than much more than we do. Myself and Dewitt. Yes. Um, so here's the question: It says, if God has called us to suffer, does that mean if we're not suffering, we're not following God? And add-on question: Is it wrong to be happy with everything I'm blessed with? These are really good questions. Yeah. That's a really good question. That's awesome. I. As you're saying that, it's almost like the opposite of the prosperity gospel, <laughs> where uh, the prosperity gospel would be, if you are following God, you'll be blessed. You'll be prosperous. Right. So the amount that you prosper is directly equivalent to the amount that you have faith right. in God. Which is not biblical. Which is not biblical yeah. at all. We would say that there's no biblical basis for that. Yeah. And this is <laughs> the... The opposite. If we're not the, suffering, the fruit of that question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. would be how much faith you have should directly translate to how much suffering you have. Yeah. Um, which I would also say is not, there's not a biblical um, basis for that. To a say clear that biblical. The more, yeah. the more that you have faith, 
will directly equal the more that you suffer. So the right. most faithful people are the people that will suffer the most. And I think there's something mm-hmm. to the the what I said in the message that Paul seemed to have this understanding that if you're in the church, the church will suffer, period. Yeah. Until yeah. Jesus returns. So yeah. until that day, in this time right now, the church will suffer. <clears throat> so I think we have to build a biblical understanding of what do we suffer yeah. for? Why do we suffer? Sure. Well, we suffer from the consequences of our choices uh, of sin. There's there's consequence to that that brings suffering. Um, sometimes it's not even my choice. Sometimes it's someone else's choice that brings suffering to my life. Like if I'm if you are a child in the household of your parent and your parent makes a dumb choice, sometimes you suffer the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so there's there's suffering from consequences, and then there's suffering from living in a sinful world. You live in a broken world, again, with other people making choices. Um, <clears throat> but some of it, again, is not your choice. I don't think many people get cancer because it's their choice. That right. They're like, yes, give it to me. Right. <laughs> this is what I want. Um, sometimes that's a consequence, skin cancer and all that random stuff. But yeah. generally, yeah. there is this aspect of suffering that just comes because we live in a world that's fallen and broken. Um, and so I think we have to have the understanding of suffering will come. So if you are in a point in your life where there's not a lot of suffering... Yes, enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy the season. <laughs> enjoy that blessing yeah. because you will suffer eventually. Yeah. Um, there will be seasons of life where God takes us out of that and chooses to bless, and that's great. And I think I want to be careful in the in the verbiage of using bless because I think God also blesses through suffering mm-hmm. as well. Sure, I think there's amazing blessing that comes through suffering. There's amazing yeah. perspective that comes yeah. through that. There's amazing opportunity, yeah. growth, gospel, development, yeah. growth that all comes through suffering. So blessing doesn't always necessarily mean. I'm not suffering. Blessing just means God's favor on your life. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so that can come in suffering or in the absence of suffering. Yeah. Um, and I always think about uh, Job's response to suffering. Um, if you read Job chapter one, all this horrible stuff happens to Job. If you don't know the story of Job, uh, his life gets ruined. <laughs> uh, Job <laughs> was very prosperous, had tons of property, tons of land, tons of family, tons of wealth, and all of that gets stripped with him within a matter of like five minutes <laughs> that he has servants running to him for all different directions saying, someone stole your cattle and your livestock and your, your children have died because of great wind and like all these things happen. And Job's response is he tears his robe, so he begins to mourn. And it says, so he does that and he worships God. Mm -hmm. And I think in my life, when suffering comes in my life, is my response to both mourn and to praise God in that moment. Rarely. (laughs) Rarely does that Mm -hmm. happen for me, if Mm -hmm. I'm being honest, because it's just like, oh, this is inconvenient. This is hard. This is not fun to go through. And especially to see other people go through. Like I think of family members that I've seen go through great suffering. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's my default response to be praise God for this. Yeah, sure. Honestly, it's sure. not. It's hard. Yeah. Um, but that should be our response. Um, if we look, if we look at Scripture, that God gives and God takes away. Blessed be the name of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. But again, the promise of Scripture, the promise of God's word, especially in these in this letter from Paul, is you're going to suffer, but you rejoice in that mm-hmm. because your your suffering adds to the afflictions of the church and it means that you suffer with the church that yeah. you suffer with Christ with the body of believers um, I'm rambling does like that make it. sense in terms I, of it, it a does. perspective on no, suffering it, it does and, and I, I, I want to throw kind of a, a nuance onto that yeah. um, onto this because I, I, I appreciate uh, I'm, I'm assuming the heart behind the question I only yep. see the words on the page but yeah. I appreciate the heart behind the question because I do think uh, especially in American Christianity in the 21st century 21st century um, we are comfortable. Very. And as Americans in particular, and especially our our crew, our group, our community, our yeah. audience, uh, pretty well 
off, at mm-hmm. least compared to the world, right. uh, we're very comfortable. And right. so the American goal is to be comfortable. And so we work really hard to be comfortable. We right. air condition our homes. We All the things that we do to be comfortable. And I think comfort should be a four-letter word in the Christian community. When we find ourselves comfortable, we should ask the question, okay, what am I, am I, am I missing anything? And I think God gives us seasons of mm. rest and peace and to use their yep. word blessing. And I, man, man, enjoy that. I'm with you hundred percent on that. Yep. Um, but whoever's asking this question, maybe a good exercise. And if you're listening, you know, as you're driving the car and this is resonating with you, yeah. um, maybe just ask the Lord that question. Yeah. Like, Hey Jesus, I feel really comfortable right now. Am I good? Am I missing anything? Is there <laughs> something I should be doing? Should I be stretching out? Should yeah. I be, because, you know, again, most of the suffering, that we're going to experience is not yeah. on the spectrum of suffering. <laughs> right. If we go talk to our neighbor to try to love into them a little bit, we're going to be inconvenienced. It's going to take our time. Maybe they're going right. to be mean to us and say a, a, a mean thing like, get out of my face. Right. And that, okay, that sucks. Right. But I'm, I'm going to get through that pretty okay. Right. So, so yeah, I think there's some, que- and I've, I've asked this question. We've had seasons yeah. of just comfort and peace. Yeah. And so I've had that conversation with the Lord. Like, am I missing something, Jesus? I don't want to be. I don't, I'm right. not looking for more stuff. I'm good right now. Right. But yes. And I think that's the that's the perspective that we should have is not to seek out suffering right. because we think that makes us holier. And it ma- that makes me think of Martin Luther. Hmm. Um, so if you know this, if you know Martin Luther, he's the, the great Reformation preacher. Um, and he wrestled with this concept of suffering so much so that he would intentionally cause himself suffering mm-hmm. because he felt he had to be punished for the consequences of his sin. So he would intentionally sleep on uncomfortable surfaces. He didn't like having a bed. He liked sleeping on stone because right. it was uncomfortable. Right. Um, he would intentionally sleep in cold places. He would just go through his life to try to think, how can I make myself more uncomfortable? Yeah, And that there maybe there's some good takeaway from that to learn to appreciate the suffering that Jesus for experienced him. for him for him to do that yeah. but i think there's certainly something that's unhealthy in that Should spiritually yeah. to feel that okay i need to suffer right in order to pay for sin because we look at no jesus suffered right. that completely when right. jesus that's what we talked about this past sunday when jesus said it's finished it's finished it really is finished yeah. you don't need to suffer yeah God's wrath or anything like that for your sin because yeah. that part is finished. Right. So I don't want to steer us into the Martin Luther er- <laughs> application of it to think that, okay, maybe we need to get rid of our mattresses because right. we're too comfortable. Maybe we need to get rid of our furniture and only eat brown rice and you know available but, foods in the area. But maybe we need to live on less income so we can give more away. Right. Or maybe we do need to shift right. jobs or work. Maybe. Right. So there is something yeah. in there that's worth, again, it's asking the question of, hey, God, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Because God can look at Chris's life and say, hey, Chris, I think this is an area where you need to be stripped of something yeah. because you've made this an idol. Yeah. But it's not in my life. Because right. he's going to look at somewhere else in my life and go, right. Mark, there's a clear idol here right. that needs to be stripped away so that you can come closer to me. So it's... I love the tension. Yeah. I love the tension yeah. of this, that it really, you know, again, it's back to driving towards the first question, you know, uh, not distancing ourselves from Jesus, mm, yeah. constantly driving into that relationship to say, yep. what is it, what is it you want from me? What do you want me yeah. to be doing today? What, what are you yeah. planning for me? Yep. What good works have you set up that I just get to be part of? So, yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I love that. Cool. That's good. All right. Uh, fourth question. Uh, here's, here's the question. Yeah. Here's the question. Uh, what's the best way to handle differences and disagreements in the church, but still be united? <laughs> and I, I want to suggest just leaving it whenever possible. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being a smart aleck. Say, if, you, if you have the answer, you can write a book about That's it. That's hard. I mean, what's the best way? What's the best way? 
in 10 words or less? Um, Just kidding. For, I'll do it in one word. Oh. Transparency. Oh. I think it's huge. Okay. Um, I think, again, if I'm, if I'm sharing my background of the church I grew up in, disagreement was not welcome. Mm. Because to disagree is to show disunity. Oh. That's that's how it they was. Felt those that's were the how same. it was viewed. Yeah. So we have our church constitution that we live by, and if there is disagreement within that, then you're showing that you're not unified with the church. But really, it's just you're not unified with this church, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's I think worth clarifying. Um, and I think there's so much health that the church misses out on by just verbalizing disagreements and talking about things and and being able to distinguish between what things uh, I don't want to use the word what things are okay to disagree on yeah um because really like if someone disagrees on something we're not gonna be like you idiot <laughs> well we, we might <laughs> you idiot you know we don't know what the thing yeah, is yet. maybe if you're advocating for like the new star wars movies are great we're like, you <laughs> you just you said se- i separated a whole segment of <laughs> listeners with the whole marvel universe you just separated a i'm whole okay with shots being fired okay hey man we can disagree on this oh, oh. and it's okay <laughs> um so one the, we talked a little bit in the message on on sunday that Within the North Point staff and the eldership, there's disagreement on. I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to follow up on issues. that a little bit, just because there that could have caused some churn for yeah. people if they're thinking, "Oh my gosh, the staff and elders." That's the stuff we disagree. Massive on. disagreements, because you kind of alluded yeah. that they were bigger issues. They weren't right. like color of carpet or you right. know. That is a true two. story, by the way. That I've there are there are churches that, that I know of yeah. that have split because they could not agree on the color of the carpet in the sanctuary. Yeah, we got some weird people. Out if you don't want it to be red, you don't want the blood of Jesus in the sanctuary. Yeah, that was the disagreement. Nobody cares about carpet color. Nobody should care about carpet. One person should care about carpet color, and it's Janet Thompson, because she has a good eye for color. Great eye for it, and I'm okay with her making that decision. She's our front-end office admin, everything, guru. Carpet expert. Yeah, she's a fantastic person. Anyway, sorry. So, yeah, so talk about that a little bit, because you said uh, staff elders here at North Point, there are some areas we disagree, and they aren't uh, super unimportant areas, like color of carpet. They're more important than that. Right. Yeah, I, I like bringing this up. I like talking about it, because for me, this was such a... <laughs> a revolutionary concept because again coming out of that that church upbringing where to disagree on these issues is basically to question your salvation <laughs> to question your inclusion in Christ to disagree on a view of baptism or a view of the spiritual gifts or a view of the sovereignty of God um, and again I, I it, it almost sounds like I'm diminishing those concepts, but I'm not. Those are very important things. That's what I, what I tried to emphasize in the message is that like these are really important when you really get down to the brass tacks of what it impacts. Like yeah. It impacts your view of God, how you and, pray. And worth dialoguing over. And or as color of carpet, just to keep picking on that. Color of right. carpet is not worth dialoguing over. It's not worth the energy and the time. Right. These other issues are worth dialoguing over. Right, right. yeah, and they, they impact on your view of God. And it's, and it's good to desire to dig into those things. And again, if I if I if I go back to my upbringing, I think the desire to dig into those things became a demand of agreeing on those things because hey, we've looked into this, we've researched this, we've done the work. This is where we've landed. To question this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the application that came from that, which is not wise. <laughs> it's right. not no. biblical. Cuz questioning is good and dialogue right. is good. Right. Right. Yeah. And so again, if we're looking at within the North Point staff and the North Point eldership, these are important things that we can disagree on. And I think the important application for us is to recognize the importance of those things does not overshadow the importance of Christ. Right. Um, and so the language that we use, if you've if you've been to Second Sunday yep. um, and heard us talk about the history of the church and how yep. this church works, we talk about we major on the majors and we minor on the minors. Yep. And so the majors for us are things like who is God? Right. 
who saves you? Who yep. who has the capability? Jesus is the only you? way to heaven. Um, what's the Bible? Yep. What's the authority of Scripture? Uh, yep. And a big thing for us would be the unity of believers, yep. the unity of God's people. Yep. Um, and so everything outside, and some of this stuff is listed on the website. So yeah, all six there. of them. We have six majors. That's it. We put yep. those on the website. Those are the kind of big rock non-negotiables. Yep. We tell people in Second Sunday, if you come to North Point and you disagree on those, you're probably going to be uncomfortable here. We love you here. Yep. But you're going to be uncomfortable because those are important to us. Right. Yeah. yeah, and then the by those things being the six keystones or the six majors, majors yeah. we would then logically assume everything outside of that is a minor. And we say that. Everything else is a minor. And there can be tiers of minor levels. There's going to be things like that are very minor, like the color of carpet. Would not even make it on the list. Who cares? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yep. And there's going to be things that kind of work their way up in importance, like yeah. does our view of baptism, is that important? Absolutely. And when you say view of baptism, we're, we're talking about like what? It, like, we would all we would all agree baptism is important, right? So vital in the life some of, of it would be methodology. Method. So, See, so that becomes a, a, right. a minor. So, do you baptize by immersion? Do you baptize yeah. infants? Do you only baptize believers? Yeah. Like, there's disagreement. There's debate still in within the church. And we would have a practice here that we would hold to, but we would not freak out if somebody right. else who came to North Point had a different exactly m- mode or method. And I think yeah. I think that's the the phrase that I want to harp on is there's disagreement within the church. Yeah. So this is within the body of Christ that yeah. there's going to be like, hey, you know, Chris thinks this, and I just, I don't know. Chris, can yeah. you unpack a little bit more of what you think? Or yeah. there's uh, things like the spiritual gifts. And again, this yeah. is probably, for my church growing up, this would be like the unforgivable sin to say that you could still use spiritual gifts. And there's disagreement within the church on yeah. whether the, the what, what do they call them, the sign gifts have continued. Speaking in tongues, prophecy, tongues, healing. Healing, prophecy, sure. things like that. Or, or whether those things continue or whether they ceased. Yep. And there's disagreement within North Point on those things. Yeah. And I think the comfort for us is that that's okay. Yeah. I think we, we are influenced too much by our culture and our world that disagreement means disunity, especially in the political world. Mm. To vary even slightly from the political party message is to be kicked out by the party. And this person's no longer a representative of our party because yeah. they deviated on this not major issue. Um, and the church gets influenced by that. And so when Chris comes to us and says, hey, I've been questioning something about spiritual gifts or baptism, mm-hmm. typically the church response is to say, no, no, no don't, don't question it. Right. <laughs> Just get in line with our views. Yeah. And we, again, this is where, like, this is what Paul is talking about in Colossians 1 is to, to guard against false teaching. It's almost as if God designed the church to have these discussions mm-hmm. and disagreements Absolutely. because it can guard us from saying, let's, let's pick on baptism. There's a false teaching on baptism somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we would say safely that, to, um, that baptism in and of itself saves you. That once you're baptized, you're saved. Yeah, we would be uncomfortable. With we that. would say there's just not a biblical basis for that to say right. like there's no repentance, there's no placing faith in Christ, right. there's no relationship. Jesus there. saves you, the work of the Holy Spirit. Internal. So yep. that's a false teaching. Yep. And because we can comfortably have these conversations yep. about like, hey, what do we think about baptizing infants or baptizing by sprinkling versus immersion? Or like, we can guard ourselves from the actual false teaching that comes with baptism mm-hmm. because we're comfortable having this conversation and comfortable with the level of disagreement where Chris thinks one thing, Rick thinks another thing, Jake is over here, Mark's over here, the elders are kind of all in different spaces as well. But that's within it fits within those majors. Right. And that's that's the issue with that false teaching of baptism is it takes one of those majors into a different direction. Mm-hmm. And that's where we would say, no, you can think these things about baptism, but that major has to stay as a major. We right. can't move that right. because God's word doesn't move that. There's very clear teaching right. on that. Right. Um, 
So I feel like I'm rambling, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I think the the message that w- we try to get across, especially in Second Sunday, and if I can try to get it across here, is don't shy away from disagreement on these things. Right. Don't shy away from any disagreement, period. Um, but especially on these things, there's so much beauty in the diversity of the church. And when we hear diversity, we just tend to think ethnicity. Mm. And God's view of diversity includes ethnicity yeah. and includes all of these different ideologies and viewpoints as well. That we can have a church where Chris thinks one thing and thinks that Rick is just like, where do you even arrive at that point? Because right. Chris is here, Rick's here, Mark's right. here, Jake's here, the elders are over here, Janet's over here. <laughs> figuring She's just stuff working out. on carpet. Just figuring stuff out with carpet. Like everyone's <laughs> kind of on all these areas, but you're all playing within the same right. field. You're right. in the same gate. You're in the church. Um, and there's so much health and beauty to that that God wants to display in the church. And I think we rob God of that yeah. when we say, no, to be in this church, to be a member, to be a Bible-believing member of this church is to absolutely ascribe to our view on spiritual gifts and the color of carpet and the practice right. of communion and all these different things. Uh, I don't know. I just think you mi- I missed out on so much of that sure. growing up sure. because, gosh, when I when I got out of that church and it's like, oh, my gosh, like you guys really believe the Bible. You've really done your research. You're yeah. like, you're not stupid. Right. But that's what you're taught is yeah. to disagree on this is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think that influence comes from we use uh we use this, uh, if I had a whiteboard right here, I would draw it, but uh, we use this uh, analogy called bounded set or centered set theology, and this yeah. is, you can tune out for the next two minutes if this is not, <laughs> but bounded set, you draw four walls, yeah. and if you don't believe these things, whatever the rules might be, don't dance, don't drink, uh, yeah. whatever, whatever, you come up with a bunch of do's and don'ts, yep. then you can't be in, mm. in the set, a set of something, a grouping of something. You're outside yep. the set if you believe the things in your inside the set. And we don't, we don't really ascribe to that. We ascribe yeah. to what we call centered set theology. If I had a whiteboard on the board, I'd draw a cross in the middle, and you're either yeah. moving towards Jesus mm. or you're moving away from Jesus. Yeah. And so if you're in the group, yeah. if you're in the set, if you're included in that, if you're in Christ, yeah. you're moving in Christ, and this is where we start to dial. I would draw squiggly lines all over the place because sometimes <laughs> it may not feel like we're moving towards Christ, right. and sometimes there are seasons where we're kind of moving away from, and it's all messy and stuff because right. welcome to life. But at the end of the day, it's not yeah. a bounded set. It's not these 200 principles that if you don't agree to, mm. you're not part of it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, there's something to that that was really helpful to me. And, and the other thought that I had as you're talking is that I know it's hard to believe for some people, but your thinking on things changes over time. That's impossible. I know, <laughs> especially as Americans. Uh, but but as you grow, as you mature, as your life yeah. experiences expand, as you read more, as you have dialogues with, with yeah. other people, that's really healthy. And so what you believe today as a 22-year-old, mm. you probably probably won't will have a different sense of that belief yeah. when you're 40. Not a major things like, you know, Jesus exists right. and he's the only way to... But we're talking, again, not the majors, right? but on the minors. Your yep. views of some of these things will change. And this is a great time to plug life groups. Mm. And this is part of the reason we have life groups at North Point is yep. because, again, you hear a sermon on Sunday morning and you can either tune out because you're frustrated or you can be like, yeah, I agree with him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's storm the barns <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but where do you process that? And so that's a great right. place for life groups because going home and having the conversation with your family is a cool thing. But yep. but odds are your family probably has similar enough right. beliefs. But uh, in a life group full of 10 people who have different varied life experiences, right. ages, uh, understandings of scripture, church background, yeah. well, that's where these things come to life. And you're like, well, but but I like that person, right. and they're wrong. This right. is cool, right? So that that becomes, I think, a really healthy spiritual yes. thing. Yeah, I think there's there's a definite 
growth and maturity, and this comes from experiencing it. Yeah, there's a growth that happens in the, your maturity, both as a person and in your walk with Christ, to be able to sit across from someone yeah. who you look at and you think, "Gosh, like this is this could be my best friend." Yeah, someone I love deeply, and they're dead wrong on this issue. But it's not a big enough issue for us to separate our relationship. But it's not going to be something I'm going to let divide yeah. because I love this person, yeah. and I'm not going to love them to the point of trying to change their mind. Mm-hmm even though I think they're wrong about something. Yeah. And that's I think there's something so healthy about saying, gosh, I think you're wrong. And I think there's okay. <laughs> maturity comes then in five years when you realize you were wrong. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I totally missed I blew that, that one. <laughs> oh, well. I think that's just really great. Yeah, I think, I think it's, brings... it's, a, it's a humbling experience yeah. that I've had because I've had friends that disagree with me. And yeah. I, I've told, I think I've said it on this podcast before that typically the best friends I have are the people that are able to come to me like, Mark, you're just missing something you're wrong on this yeah, help and, me understand how you got you can to, work through that and it's a very humbling thing to go yeah. back to that person and be like i was wrong yeah well that's what i, I missed it with all the information and knowledge and study and experience right. i had at that point that's what i thought right yeah now but i think to have to have a yeah. close enough friend a loving enough friend and this is what the church is designed to be is this close brother and sister like relationship to have a close enough relationship in that community where someone can come to you and say i think you're missing something yeah and that doesn't end the relationship. No. That strengthens the relationship. That's what God designed it to do. That's it's a good thing. Interesting, because the question is, how's the best way to handle differences and disagreements? Mm. And all we did for the last few minutes is talk about talking. <laughs> Convert. No, that's good. I think that's a really, yeah. that's that's the core of it. You said authenticity. Yeah. Or transparency. Transparency, yeah. Uh, and I think that that is the heart of dialogue. Like, yeah. we have conversations about it. Don't yeah. shut off. I, don't I think, turn off. Yeah. Don't. And again, this is this is one of those things where uh, when we're learning from our culture, we hear the, we hear the terminology of safe space and we roll yeah. our eyes because we're like, oh, like, the world's not a safe space. Yeah. But is there something about having a safe space in your life group where you say, like, yeah. hey, you are welcome to say whatever. Yeah, like, I don't agree question, with that. Question, disagree, yeah. do whatever. Like, go through that. Have that safe space because that's what family is supposed to be where I can say something to my brother or sister and they'll be like, well, that's weird. Yeah. But I still love you. We're still going to go hang out. We're still going to do dinner together. We're still going to do life together. Like, yeah. that's what the church is designed to be. Yeah. And not having that avoids us falling into the trap of unity means uniformity, which yeah. we always talk about. It doesn't. Unity doesn't mean that we right. all think the same, we look right. the same, we talk the same, we act the same. That's not what it means. Right. And that's why we try to emphasize unity is found in Christ, not in your view of baptism or politics or carpet color or Star Wars movies. Like That's not where unity lies, right. even though the world tries to make us unify by these various characteristics. Amen and amen. Mm-mm. Let's pray and go. <laughs> we talked about it enough. I love it. Good stuff. Uh, hopefully that was good for you guys. Uh, it was I was fun for me too. Thanks for letting me sit in this seat <laughs> again. Anything else? Final words or uh, things that we should say before I welcome us out of here? Uh, I, yeah, I think the, the, the main takeaway is um, preserve and take care of the unity of the church. At all costs. At all cost, yeah. because that is the thing that, again, uh, we talked about this on Sunday. Satan is not stupid, mm-hmm. and he knows exactly the buttons to push in your life that are going to be the things where someone's going to come to you and disagree, and you're gonna, it's going to push a button deep in your soul where you're like, I yeah. can't believe someone thinks this thing yeah. I'm, or acted this way or whatever, yeah. and it's going to, Satan's desire is to pull you away from the church because mm-hmm. that's where disunity starts. And yeah. that is that we can't afford to let that happen. Can't let it happen. The verse that's been rolling through my head all morning today because some things that are working in my life is, and I think it's Paul, but I'll, I'll look it up and, and confirm this. But he says, uh, as much as is possible with you, live mm-hmm. at peace with all, uh, live in peace with all men. Yeah. 
And I just, that's that picture of, yep. of unity. How do you do that? So yeah, beautiful. I love it. All right. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. Uh, again, for you guys, thanks for watching uh, or listening or however you're consuming this content. Take a second and uh, comment or like it or share it or do all those social media things. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, we would love you guys doing that. That's a good thing. Helps us out a ton. And as always, thanks for submitting the questions. This podcast doesn't work if there are no questions. And so uh, even if we didn't quite answer your question or we misunderstood it, uh, please keep sending them because we need them. So we appreciate it and send it again. We'll answer it again. So good stuff. All right. Hope you're great. Your day is fantastic. <laughs>